Hello everyone, welcome back to the Beef Up Front Podcast, this is your host Ryan Coyle, and tonight I'm going to be uh, constructing my NBA first round playoff preview, so I'm just going to be going through the first round matchups, uh, first I'm going to go through the Eastern Conference, then I'm going to go through the Western Conference, and just kind of assess each re- uh, each matchup that we have, and predict, uh, give you guys my predictions and analysis on who I think is going to win, and, and why, and maybe some uh, some players to look out for in these in these upcoming series, but my, uh, I'm going to start off on the Eastern Conference. Um, first matchup is the first place Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic. Um, I'm going to have the Bucks actually win this in five games. Uh, the Magic have some talent on that roster. You got uh, Nikola Vucevic. You have uh, DJ Augustine's a solid player, Evan Fournier. But Mohamed Bamba just left the bubble uh, to have a procedure done. So he's, he's a, a young and upcoming player in the league, and he's going to be out. For this playoff series, and then you have um, Jonathan Isaac, who recently tore his ACL. So, outside of outside of those two guys uh, leaving, that kind of leaves the Magic at at some uh, at a disadvantage, uh, to say the least, going forward. Uh, Vucevic is still a double double guy, but I think it's uh, clear that the Bucks are going to be the the team to beat in this game in this matchup. The with Giannis, uh, you got Middleton, you got George Hill, you got Eric Bledsoe. You just got a bunch of guys that are superiorly talented than the uh, than what the Magic have going. Markel Fultz has looked all right uh, in his bubble action thus far, but still not the caliber player that the Sixers hoped he would have been when they drafted him number one overall, and that's why he's with the Magic. But I think the Bucks uh, win this game in five. I, th- I think uh, maybe the Magic, as I have the Bucks winning in five, Magic can sneak one out. Along the way, maybe at game four or something, just kind of uh, push it to a game five. But I definitely think the Bucks in this one, but I'm not so confident about the Bucks going forward. So be tuned. Uh, stay tuned to hear what my take is on them going forward. Uh, next match I'm going to assess is the Heat Pacers in the 4-5. I think it's going to be a very competitive series, probably in the Eastern Conference side, the best series. Uh, definitely can go seven games, but... I got the Heat in seven. Uh, I think the Heat are just a really deep roster, not the most top, top heavy talent like the like you could say with the Lakers who have LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a real top heavy team, and then it kind of dwindles down from there. But the Heat, you got Jimmy Butler is really your top guy, but then after that you have Bam Adebayo who is an All Star. Goran Dragic is a solid player. Kendrick Nunn, uh, very solid rookie. Derek Jones Jr went off the court on a stretcher last night, so undecided on what what his playing status would be in this series. Uh, he's a big part of that team as well, but then you have veteran depth as well, like Jay Crowder on the wing, uh, new pickup. Uh, he's only played for the Heat in the bubble so far as Andre Iguodala, former Finals MVP, and rookie Tyler Hero as well, who's uh, kind of stepped up and became a, a big-time shooter, and he's proved that he can score when given the opportunity. So I just think they're such a deep team. And with the pace, if this was a, a fully healthy Pacers team with a normal Vol- Victor Oladipo who's just coming back off like a big-time injury, I believe it was a torn quad. Uh, so he's not fully himself yet, only averaging like 14, 15 points per game in the bubble. TJ Warren has been one of the superstars of the bubble, uh, averaging well over 20 points per game in his action. So 
those are two guys to look out for for the Pacers. And then you have Miles Turner as well. The Pacers are just a well-coached, solid, solid team. Both these teams are very uh, eerily similar with just the way they play. I think this is going to be a low-scoring series, kind of grinded out. But with Victor Oladipo not really being himself right now, uh, I give the edge to Jimmy Butler in that matchup. I figure those two will be going head-to-head a lot. And, I mean, you got on the Pacers, you still got Malcolm Brogdon, but you're missing DeMontis Sabonis, who's one of the up-and-coming forwards uh, in this league. He can he can post up, he can score out to the perimeter as well. So missing him is going to be big in this series. But I think this uh, series has all the makings to go to seven games and be the most competitive series of the first round. But I just think at the end of the day, the Heat uh, have a deeper roster and are more playoff ready right now. If this was, like I was saying, with a a fully healthy Victor Oladipo, I think I would probably take the Pacers. But with Oladipo not really being himself, uh, just kind of getting back into basketball shape after such a long layoff with a horrific injury, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hard for the Pacers to prevail. But Highly competitive. If the Pacers win, wouldn't be surprised, but I have the Heat in seven in this one. Celtics Sixers, um, as we all know, I'm a Sixers fan, and I have no type confidence in them in this series. Uh, I think the Celtics are going to win. They might sweep them, but I'll, I'll say Celtics in five. Uh, I'm, I am I put out on my Twitter earlier tonight, if the Sixers win this series versus the Celtics, I'll shave my head. I'll, I'll get a buzz cut. So that's how confident I am in the Celtics. Uh with Ben Simmons out, Sixers are going to be relying really on uh, Joel Embiid, who has gotten banged up throughout the bubble, not surprised, uh, battling some injuries, and Tobias Harris really as their main scorer. Josh Richardson had a, one big game in the bubble with 34 points, and Alec Burks has kind of showed that he could uh, take take on some of the scoring. But other than the center spot with Joel Embiid, I'm taking – the Celtics play all the Celtics players over the rest of like the Sixers starters. Like I'm taking Kemba over Shake Milton at point guard. I'm taking Jason Tatum over Tobias. I'm taking Jalen Brown over Alec Burks. I'm taking Gordon Hayward over whoever. Like I just think the Celtics have a lot more talented guys, and I believe Brett Brown said it the other night they have about four or five guys on that roster who could score thirty points on any given night. And just watching the Blazers and the Grizzlies earlier today, just down the stretch in these competitive games, it's it's all guard ISO play. I mean, if you look at the Sixers roster, they don't have anyone like Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum or John Morant, the guys who were really taking over the game down the stretch. So crunch time, you're what are you gonna do? Give the ball to Embiid and then he's gonna the Celtics are just gonna double him and force uh someone on the Sixers who probably can't make an outside shot to knock down an outside three. So I really like the Celtics in this series over the Sixers. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be a big uh, coaching battle as well that the Celtics have the advantage in, definitely picking Brad Stevens any day of the week over Brett Brown. So with that being said, I think Celtics in five, uh, just more talent and more depth across the board. And uh, they have a, Assortment of guys you can go do in the, down the stretch. I'm confident in giving the ball to Jason Tatum, uh, Gordon Hayward, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown when I need a bucket. Sixers, you really only got, I think, Embiid or Tobias Harris. Maybe Burks, maybe Richardson, but I'm taking the Celtics. 
definitely the Celtics players over the Sixers. But let's hope uh, for the Sixers' sake that they can advance and maybe get a rematch in the playoffs against this the two seed, who is the Raptors, who I have beating the Nets. I also have that game going to five. Uh, the Nets have been, I think, somewhat impressive. I mean, you're missing your four best players and are arguably your four best players, but four of your top five, at least, with Kevin Durant not playing the whole year, Kyrie missing basically the whole season, uh, playing limited action for them after an injury. Um, DeAndre Jordan sitting out, definitely not what he used to be, but still a starting caliber center. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who's one of the top, I believe, 20 to 25 scorers in the league this year. So he missing him as well that I mean and that leaves basically Karis Levert who's kind of been carrying them throughout the playoffs and they've just been playing really tough uh, I've been very impressed with them definitely not good enough to beat the Raptors but I think enough to be competitive uh, these I think these games will be pretty tight but I got the Raptors winning this one in five uh, just a veteran-led team I mean LeBron's quote really stuck with me a few weeks ago when the Lakers and the Raptors were both playing all their guys uh competitively not really resting them yet LeBron said after the Raptors beat them LeBron said the Raptors are a championship team for a reason it all just wasn't because of Kawhi they got guys like Siakam who's an up-and-coming star in this league Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet two of the tougher guards on both ends of the floor and then you have veteran guy uh, in Marcus Salt center you got OG Ananobi a young and upcoming wing, uh, one of the better defenders in this league, I think. Norman Powell can score, Serge Ibaka. They have, they have a bevy of guys as well. I mean, they obviously they lost Kawhi Leonard from that championship roster last year, who's one of the top five players in the league, but they still have a very deep and good team. So I think that they'll prevail in this series, uh, winning in five, but I like the Nets to keep it competitive. I don't think it's going to be a blowout series, but I think they'll sneak a game out. So that'll be that's my Eastern Conference uh, side of the bracket for the first round. I'm just, I'm just hitting up these first round matchups for now, and we'll assess the other rounds when when the results uh, come out. But so I have Bucks in five. I have Heat in seven. Buck, excuse me, Bucks over the Magic in five. Heat over the Pacers in seven. Celtics over the Sixers in five. Raptors over the Nets in five. So other than the Heat and Pacers, the other three series kind of one handily. That would set up a Bucks heat matchup in the conference uh, semis and a Celtics-Raptors. So pretty good games all around, I would think. Uh, so then we're going to the Western Conference. First first matchup we'll be talking about is the one-seed Los Angeles Lakers versus the eight-seed Portland Trailblazers. If you listen to my NBA restart uh, preview, the one that – we were talking about what's going to be happening in the bubble coming back with Brendan O'Donnell and Connor McDermott. The The Blazers are were the team I was most interested to see. As I said back then, I still say now, fully healthy. Uh, Zach Collins went out tonight with an ankle injury, or he didn't play today with an ankle injury, or if he did, it was limited minutes. He got hurt in the, in the game or before. But other than that, fully healthy. Uh, Lillard and McCollum two star set of players we see we saw Dame drop 50 plus three times in the bubble uh was the unanimous bubble bubble MVP of the little regular season part and then down the stretch you had in the game today in the playing game versus the Grizzlies you had McCollum just balling out uh 
getting clutch shot after clutch shot. I believe it was three times down the court. He he was hitting big shots on John Morant, who's a very good defender as well. You have Nurkic, one of the better centers in the league, who really missed a lot of time this year with that that leg fracture that he suffered last season. So he's back. Uh, Whiteside is a good front court player still. Gary Trent Jr. has really impressed me in the bubble. Uh, he's going to be one of the top three and D guys in the league going forward. Just absolutely scorching hot from three. Kind of cooled down uh, recently these past few games, but at the beginning of the bubble, him and TJ Warren were really the two dudes who really kind of came out of nowhere and became high level scorers. So the Blazers have a lot of guys they can go to to score the ball. Uh, they play no type defense. So they're they're winning these games that they're winning one twenty five like to one twenty like they're gonna have to win in a shootout. But as much as I want to pick the Blazers and think that they have a chance, I gotta go with the Lakers still. But this is not your ordinary one one versus eight matchup. I definitely think the Lakers have a a great chance to prevail. Or excuse me, the Blazers have a great chance to prevail in this series. But I take the Lakers in six games. Uh, the reason that the Lakers worry me with this roster is just like this matchup specifically with Avery Bradley out. Uh, Rondo, I believe, is close to returning to the bubble, but he if he does return, it might not be till the end of this round, at least. Maybe he could sneak in uh, around game four or five or something, but with no Avery Bradley, no Rondo, who, who are you going to have guarding um, Cullen and Lillard? You could put LeBron, who has kind of been guarding some of the better players recently after past years, kind of taking that side of the ball. No, I'm not going to say off, but they haven't been uh, – the teams he's played for hasn't been, been relying on him on his defense so much just because of all he does on offense. So I really like the guard advantage for the for the Blazers over the Lakers. I think, I think it's really going to hurt the Lakers if they cannot get out the hot starts and kind of build a, a steady lead. The closer the game gets down the stretch, I like the Blazers over the Lakers just because they have two guards that you can really rely on to make shots. And uh, with like I was saying, if Zach Collins is out, you had Wenyon Gabriel step in, who I think is a solid player, young guy in the league. Who He came in and he made a big three-pointer today. Uh, he can rebound and he can defend. He's really long, so he's a guy to uh, that could – I'm not going to say cause some problems, but if Zach Collins is out, it's not like it's a, a steep drop-off. I think Gabriel is a solid backup who can step in. But I just I don't think I can pick against LeBron in round one. Uh, Nurkic is going to make life tough for Anthony Davis, I think, but Anthony Davis definitely has the advantage over him, Whiteside, Gabriel, kind of any guy who guards him. And I, I think LeBron's on a mission. Uh, if you listen to my restart preview, my pick to – Go to the finals out of the West is the Clippers. It's still going to be the Clippers, but I think the I think the Lakers will at least get past round one. Uh, most likely make it to the conference finals as well. We'll talk about that at a later date. But don't be surprised if the if the Blazers give the Lakers a, a run for the money. I mean, even Charles Barkley said Blazers going to the finals. Uh, I don't believe that, but a lot of people kind of been hopping on the bandwagon, and I, I I'm very uh, proud of myself for declaring. Portland back before this even started as a team to look out for that could give the Lakers some trouble and everyone was kind of like no no way no way now a lot of people are kind of on that wave that Portland could beat the Lakers I, I really think it all comes down to guard play at the end of the day and the Lakers have a uh, pretty poor guard play I mean you're kind of relying on Danny Green and Dion Waiters in your backcourt 
But I mean, LeBron's playing the point right now, so obviously that's the that's the best thing. But the uh, Lillard McCollum duo, I'm definitely taking over. Dion, Danny Green, J.R. Smith, guys like that. I mean, you get Rondo back maybe from the injury, that could help. But uh, no Avery Bradley coming back, who's one of the better guard defenders in the league. So I'm still taking Lakers in six. Uh, over Portland, but don't be surprised if Portland Portland finds a way to win that series. Uh, the next matchup we'll be assessing is Thunder Rockets. Uh, this one should be a pretty drama-filled series. You, you had a lot of moving parts from the Thunder this past year with uh, trading away Russell Westbrook, one of the franchise's best all-time players, Paul George, a, a big name as well. So, And then the Rockets traded away Chris Paul. So it was a Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook swap. I mean, there were some more players and picks involved in that in that deal as well i believe but these guys are facing off against their old team and the thunder were kind of written off right away when oh they're trading westbrook and paul george two of the top 10 players in the league probably they everyone thought that they were going to be tanking but a very impressive season from them uh chris paul kind of led that young group with shea gilgis alexander i mean dennis schroeder is kind of considered a veteran now but still a relatively young player steven adams uh it's kind of a it's a very impressive young youth. Darius Baisley has really stepped up, wing off the bench. Hamadou Diallo, uh, Danilo Gallinari. It's kind of a mix of young and old, but the uh, Chris Paul acquisition has has helped them. I think uh, he's proven to be a, a very good leader and a point guard for. I mean, we know he's one of the greatest point guards of all time, a great leader, but he's really proven to take that leadership to the next level. I think with this young team. But uh, Russ and the Rockets have that small ball lineup with, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the starting five is, but Russ, Harden, Covington, P.J. Tucker, uh, Danell House Jr., uh, Ben McLemore, just pretty much 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six and under out there playing at, at all times. So they're just going to want to get up the court, uh, outshoot you in the, th- the three-point game and kind of hope their threes are falling. I just think it's crazy. James Harden just got his third straight scoring title. Uh, one of the best scorers of all time. And he just really just effortlessly, I think it looks like he scores a ball. Just quickest first step in the league probably. Always finds his way past defenders. And then his step back three is just unstoppable as well. I think this is going to be a very competitive series. Russ Russ's quad injury is something to look out for though. Uh He's, it's reported that he might miss a game or two. I think playing against his former team in the Thunder who traded him away this offseason, that's going to give him some extra motivation to come back and play early, even if he's a bit hobbled. Uh, I think as lo- along with the 4-5 game on the Eastern Conference side as well, the Western Conference is going to be ultra-competitive. I could definitely see this one going seven games, but I'm going to give it to the Rockets in six. I think that's, their style of play is just so unique and so hard to prepare for. Uh, as good as Shea Gilgis Alexander has been in his young career and Chris Paul over time, I like the the guard duo of Russell Westbrook and James Harden over them. Steven Adams can definitely have his way against probably P.J. Tucker or Robert Covington guarding him in the post, but I think the Rockets will find ways to outscore. They got more shooters and scorers than the Thunder do, and I think this is going to be a high-scoring series and kind of First one to like 130 wins or something like that. Just going to be an up and down uh, series. And if if I'm going to be 
taking a team in a shootout, I want to take the team with Russell Westbrook and James Harden instead of the team that doesn't have them. Uh, the three six series. So I like I said, Rockets and six in that one. The three six series in the West is Nuggets Jazz. Um, I feel like the Nuggets in I think five games in this one. Uh, I really was high on the Jazz coming into the year with the acquisition of Conley, uh, growing youth tandem and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and then you had uh the addition of Bogdanovich as well, but Bogdanovich is out, so and Conley really hasn't been much of himself. Uh you still have Joe Ingles who's a solid a very good shooter, a solid overall player, and then you have Jordan Clarkson as well, who's really performed well in the bubble. Royce O'Neal is a very good defender, but I think the Nuggets are kinda of hitting their stride. It might be the dark horse team to maybe go all the way in the Western Conference. Uh Gary Harris and Will Barton have been battling injuries, did not play in the bubble yet, but they they're they're there in the bubble, at least I believe so. Uh so they're as long as they're cleared and ready to go, those are two high level guys that the Nuggets could be adding back to the rotation that they even have even had played yet in the bubble. Michael Porter Jr. has taken his game to a next level, uh averaged nine point two points per game in like the regular season. But now that they're in the bubble, he's been averaging almost double double. I believe it's like twenty three and nine a game, so Kind of finally coming into form from that number one overall prospect that he was in high school. Committed to Missouri and had some injury troubles there, but he's really proved to be that wing iso-type scorer. He was compared to KD back in the day in high school and through recruiting and whatnot, but he can score at all levels. Impressive in the post, in the mid-range, getting all the way to the rim from three. And then you pair that with... Jokic's passing ability, rebounding ability. Uh, I'm not very sold on his post game. I think there's a lot of better guys with better post scoring ability, but Jokic still finds a way to score 20 points a night. Uh, great with the putbacks. Uh, he just always seems to be around the ball, and he's definitely in better shape than he's been, so he's going to be able to get up and down the floor too. When you have a guy like Jamal Murray who can score from all levels, and he's also a great passer, I think he'll be able to hit Jokic in transition. The the not acquisition, but the arrival, I guess you could say, of Bull Bull into the rotation uh, has given them another element. A guy who can score in the open court. Some of these plays he's been making is crazy. Shoot the ball and uh, alter shots at the rim. And Monty Morris is a rock solid backup point guard. They just have a really another team with a really deep roster. It's just kind of I think. The same thing as the Sixers where they don't really – they rely maybe on the big guy too much and they're not going to have that much iso help down the stretch. But with an emerging Porter Jr. and we'll see if Jamal Murray can kind of take that next step maybe in this playoffs to be in an iso guy at the end of the clock kind of like Lillard and McCollum have proven, proven to be that the Nuggets could give the, uh, the West a run for their money. But – I got Nuggets in five. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty competitive series, but I'm pretty high on this Denver team. And I think they could give the team that I'm picking to win this 2-7 matchup uh, maybe a run. Clippers-Mavericks uh, is the 2-7. This will be the last one we'll be talking about here. Uh, this one is, is very hard to pick. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to pick the Clippers at the end of the day, but I think this one goes to six, potentially seven. But I'm going to say Clippers go win this one in six. Uh, Clippers have kind of been my team from 
the start of the real regular season where I think depth in the NBA and ISO wing play is what wins you uh what wins you titles. And with the Clippers having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, two dudes who you can count on down the stretch to score clutch buckets, uh, I think that's the biggest biggest advantage in the league. And then you also have Lou Williams, who I definitely would trust with the ball in his hands down the stretch. Don't get me wrong, the Mavericks have a high-powered offense, the best-ranked offense in regular season history this past year. And Luka, Luka has just impressed me and grown his game more and more and more over uh, these sh- short two years that he's been in the league. And just every time watching him, it's just like he just he blows you away. I mean, he had 34 points, 20 boards, 12 assists in the bubble one game. So as a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, player, a 34, 20, and 12 line is just not normal. And then you have Porzingis, who we all know, a 7-foot center or power forward, whatever you want to call him, out to the line, shooting threes, being able to score in multiple spots. Those two guys are going to get their buckets, but I like the Clippers' depth over uh, the Mavericks. I, I like some of the Mavericks players, like Tim Hardaway Jr. as well, to go with that duo of Porzingis and Doncic. Uh, I think they're going to be a, a force in the West going forward, but the Clippers, I think, just have a deeper overall team, especially if Beverly is back healthy. Uh, Landry Shaman, who's a bit banged up right now, if he comes back, he's a very reliable three-point shooter, outside scorer. Montrez Harrell hasn't even played a game in the bubble yet. He's ready to go after dealing with some family issues outside the bubble. Him and Lou Williams both average over 18 points off the bench. So, I mean, that's hard to come by. Got a, not more reliable guys on the bench like Jamichael Green. You have Patrick Patterson. Uh, even Joakim Noah you could throw in there for 10 minutes a night. He's going to get you rebounds and play hard defense. Maybe a few chase down uh, blocks or some some extra points some off the hustle buckets. He's a, a very experienced player, experienced center, and uh, just another guy to add to that arsenal of uh, players. But like I was saying, I think the big thing with Portland is they have two guys you can get score buckets on the stretch. That's why I think they could give the Lakers some problems. The Clippers have two, maybe three guys I would trust with the ball in their hands with. Definitely Paul George and Kawhi and maybe even Lou Williams down down the stretch. The Clippers are still my favorite in the West, but I think the Mavs can give them a run for their money, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'm saying this right now. If both the Lakers and the Clippers lose their first-round matchups, I would not be surprised. But I have the Clippers in six over the Mavericks. So just to run it, run it back uh, on my first-round predictions, I have Bucks over the Magic in five. I have Heat over the Pacers in seven. Celtics over the Sixers in five, Raptors over the Nets in five, Lakers over the Blazers in six, Rockets over the Thunder in six, Nuggets over the Jazz in five, and Clippers over the Mavericks in six. Uh, you can definitely make compelling arguments, so I believe, for every single series besides Bucks, Magic, and Raptors, Nets that either team could win. Uh, I think it's going to be an ultra com- ultra competitive playoffs. And I'm definitely excited to to see the progression from the regular season bubble to to the playoffs and how exciting it is. It's going to be exciting to track this. Games at one one thirty, four o'clock, six thirty, and nine o'clock uh, for the next several weeks as we as we do this first round uh, series every single day. So starting Monday, uh, 
and then just keep just uh keep an eye out uh keep your ears ears open for some uh some more NBA playoff bubble talk uh throughout these next few weeks guys uh, I appreciate if you're listening to the podcast still uh thanks for thanks for all the support uh make sure to follow us on beef up front at on Instagram and Twitter at beef up front uh share out the podcast guys uh we got some nice long sleeve shirts coming out so if you're still listening and you're interested in the shirt uh send just hit me up on either Twitter or Instagram and we'll get an order in for you thanks everyone for tuning in and uh stay, continue to stay safe out there and uh enjoy enjoy this playoff basketball